Gaza, the grotesque murders of Israelis and Palestinians, the world reacts with Lucas Leroux right from Brazil, right here, right now on VT Radio. Let's go with host Johnny Punish. We're back on VT Radio with Lucas LaRose, uh, VT writer from Rio de Janeiro and just in time. Uh, he is uh, live from Montana. He's the assistant manager of VT. Gentlemen, welcome to VT Radio. Today we're going to talk about the Gaza war. Obviously, uh, events are happening as we speak. This morning, um, the Palestinian uh, representative at the UN spoke uh, to the UN special council, special meeting, because the U.S., uh, is still refusing for a ceasefire. Uh, they're complicit in the war crimes and in, in, in what's happening in Gaza right now. They're the only ones, them and Israel. Israel's blaming uh, everybody in the world and, and and saying that we that October seventh is their nine eleven and there's nothing nothing ever came before it. Uh, and the UN ambassador uh, from Palestine is saying no, that's not true. This has been going on fifty six years. You're killing thousands of people. It's occupation's the problem, Lucas. What say you about this problem? I know from a perspective from Rio de Janeiro, you're halfway around the world. I'm really interested to hear your perspective because you're the world. I mean, you're not Israel. You're not the United States. You're not even Palestinian. So you're actually objective. How does the world see this? Yeah, thank you very much for the question. Well, I I believe that uh, the Palestinians are right in their claim that the problem is Israeli occupation. Many people who are not... Uh, Following the world differences, the geopolitical situation, uh, routinely think that uh, all this conflict in, uh, started uh, some weeks ago on October 7, but it's it's untrue. There there is a problem in Palestine uh, of decades of Israeli occupation, and it's very having more serious in the Gaza Strip, where. Uh, two million people are forced to uh, live in a uh, 40 kilometers uh, strip without any uh, adequate appropriate means to survive. So uh, Hamas attack, the, um, the escalation we are seeing now is the result of Israeli, Israeli actions against the Palestinian people. Israeli uh, attitudes charges a uh, process of ethnic cleansing. This is absolutely right. But we have in Palestine a problem uh, because the, uh, the Palestinian people, not the Palestinian people, but the Pal- Palestinian politics is divided in, in, in the West Bank and, and the, the Gaza Strip. Uh, this division, this absence of political unity it can be seen now, seen now as a big problem because on, on the one hand, we have, uh, Pal- Palestinian militias trying to solve the situation through military means, uh, in, in, a, in an armed reaction against Israel. And on the other hand, we have, uh, the Palestinian authority, uh, not, uh, ruled by, by the Hamas, but by the, uh, Fatah and all the on the political groups uh, more uh, more changing to diplomacy and a peaceful solution, and this works now as a rhetoric for Israel to show this as a kind of example on how to deal with the situation. So 
the Palestinians have the right to demand uh, their land, to, to demand their rights, need to act peacefully. And if they uh, try to solve the situation militarily, they are wrong and, and can be uh, killed. That's basically uh, Israeli rhetoric. Palestinian authority is now trying to use its position, which is more, uh, let's say, uh, more feasible to gain Western attention, to try to uh, gain diplomatic support. But while this diplomatic support is being disputed, Palestinians are still dying. And the other, uh, not on countries, but independent political movements, such as the, the uh, organizations linked to Iran-led, uh, Iranian-led axis of resistance and other groups, are promising to engage in Hamas military solution. And the Palestinian Authority uh, is still trying to resolve the situation diplomatically. Diplomatically, I think that there is there could be only one solution, the one as proposed by Russia uh, some days ago. And, and I say this as a Brazilian, which is uh, very difficult because my country also proposed this, a resolution uh, which was contrary to the Russian one. The main problem was that the Russian proposed a ceasefire, and after the ceasefire being achieved, there could be such things uh, such as uh, uh, humanitarian corridors and, and diplomatic negotiations. So, but Brazil uh, uh, did not act in the same way. Brazil uh, accepted, allowed it to uh, uh, not demand a ceasefire, only a, on a temporary ceasefire for the corridors to, to be implemented. And so after the, the corridors, the, uh, the situation could return to uh, military aggression. This, pro, pro, uh, this proposal was very problematic because uh, humanitarian corridors, if implemented without a, a definitive uh, and permanent uh, ceasefire will only serve Israel's interest in ethnic cleansing. Israel will be able to remove the entire Palestinian population of the Gaza Strip and enter the area with its settlers and occupy the, the region entirely. So I think that if Netanyahu was not so psychopath, he would be supportive of, of the human, humanitarian corridors alternative but he went to kill every Palestinian. Palestinian. So, uh, uh, some days ago, after the Russian, Russian proposal was rejected, I think the diplomatic means to solve the situation ended. And now, this, and now the escalations will continue to happen until a, an all-out war in the entire region involving not only uh, the Palestinians, but also the axis of resistance. And if the U.S. goes on with its policy of arming, arming uh, Israel, and uh, if uh, uh, you know, if, if uh, U.S. Uh, tries to create in Palestine a situation similar to uh, the one it created in Ukraine, with saying uh, limitlessly arms and even private troops. Is wasted as voluntary, and so if the, if it, uh, this situation occurs in Palestine, 
certainly there will be Iranian intervention and the situation will uh, go all uh, absolutely all out, of, um, out of control. Uh, so uh, that's really sad to say that, but I think the diplomatic means are, are out of question now. They will not be excused anymore. Lucas, so what we uh, have here is the United States is no longer pretending. The U.S. taxpayers have been funding Israel for $280 billion now since Al-Nakba in 1948. The Biden administration is just going to the U.S. Congress right now, is going to ask for a lot more money for the U.S. taxpayers. And their mainstream media is out there uh, completely complicit with Israel, lying to the American public about what's really going on. They don't even have reporters on the ground in Gaza, the mainstream media. They're, but uh, supposedly they know what's going on. They don't know shit, okay? They're just going ahead and parroting the United States government. My question to you, Lucas, is the, the U.S. and Israel is all by themselves right now around the world. There, there's nobody supporting them ex- except anybody they can purchase, right? So so how does Brazil see it, your country? Are, are they complicit as well? Are they are getting bought off by the U.S. government? Are they going to be um, standing up for justice for humanity now for all of Israel's Israelis' children and Palestinian children? What's the position of, of Brazil, Lucas? Yes, that's a very good question because uh, one of the most uh, intense critics against criticisms against Lula government now is about his position on the situation in Palestine. Uh, because if the president was Jair Bolsonaro, we have a very clear situation, uh, uh, very clear view about what would be the situation. Bolsonaro would support Israel, and that's uh, very clear. But from Lula, we demand something different. We demand a um, position more uh, supportive of uh, Palestine, of the global south as, as a whole. And But Lula, as you know, Lula was uh, arrested some years ago uh, in a U.S.-led uh, hybrid war against our politics. And he was then released. And I say he was arrested and released by the same agents, by the same people. And, they, and he was released with uh, the demand from him to now follow U.S. guidelines. Of course, he has a, a, a political uh, political history, and he can uh, he cannot simply uh, be entirely pro-U.S. But he uh, is now more uh, more pro-U.S. in some things, or at least uh, at least not so global south as he should be. For example, he is now uh, calling the Palestinian the Hamas actions on, on October seventh uh, as terrorists. He was the, I think, the only uh, BRICS leader to do that. It, it's not important if we consider this uh, terrorist or not, but it's a, a very a hard decision for. Uh, a head of state to do in such a time. He, when he calls Hamas actions terrorists, he is automatically legitimizing Israel's right to respond to terrorist actions. 
So it's now more difficult for him to say. So uh, Hamas is terrorist, but uh, Israel cannot uh, act in, in such a, with such violence. And now he's he's complicated in his situation. Lula is in, in the last few days uh, more more Palestine in his in his discourse, in his speech. He's addressing people with uh, a demand, a humanitarian demand to stop uh, carnage in, in Palestine. But he made many errors in the first days of the crisis. I think that Brazilian uh, resolution, for example, as proposed to the UN, uh, should be more rigid, more like the Russian one, in not saying uh, uh, that. And, and explain to our VT readers and listeners around the world the Russian position on this that you support. Yes, yes. Uh, R- Russia did not condemn uh, Hamas. Uh, as a terrorist organization, condemned only the actions of the uh, uh, October 7th. As if if you kill civilians, you are wrong, regardless of the situation. So it's condemned both Hamas actions and Israeli actions. But it was very intense in condemning Israel's actions because Israel is obviously killing a, a lot of people and is doing something uh, worse than Hamas actions. So, Russian position, Russian position was more, uh, I, I think, more emphatic, with a more emphasis, uh, uh, clearly emphasis in condemning Israel because Israel's actions are clearly more serious than Hamas one. That that was our U.S. position. We we, we saw, uh, for example. Uh, American diplomats saying that Russia, uh, Russia resolution could not be accepted because it was not calling Hamas by name. But from- and for the record, uh, it was the only the United States and Israel that uh, rejected the Russian proposal. Is that correct? Yes, that there was abstentions, but United States uh, victory. U.S. always U.S. has a 75-year history of being the only person, only country, excuse me, to veto anything that condemns Israel. They're the only ones. And they're part of the Security Council, so we're held hostage. The world is held hostage by the United States because they're an empire, right? And the United States continually sits on the wrong side of humanity. They are terrorizing the world. I think Hanan Ashrawi in Palestine said at best this morning when she said something to the effect of, why the hell are you here? What are you defending? What is the Americans defending over here? What, why are you even here? Get the hell out of here. You know, the Middle East is ours. We're, we live here, not you. Why do we have bases everywhere in Syria and, and countries? And, what, what it, and, and, and the American public is not aware of it, but it's been going on for a long time since the Brits and French took over the Middle East after World War I. And I say this is an abject failure, and it will continue to fail because the United States cannot stop what they're doing. This is going to be a war, and I'm afraid, Lucas, that, like you said, diplomatic uh, – the United States is no longer accepted anymore by the, by, the, by the Arabs. Nobody accepts the United States as an honest broker. They know exactly what the United States is doing now, and it's clear. We're headed to World War III, my friend. And at the end of World War III, can the United States and Israel win that war? Well, they think they can 
But I've talked to some U.S. military experts, and they've told me that they can't. What do you, what say you about yes. that? Uh, I will ask. Uh, I will respond to your question, uh, reminding um, something uh, an American official said here in Brazil during a visit to our Brazil's war college some months ago about American grand strategy, American military strategy. He said. Uh, since the end of the Cold War, Amer uh, American focus on military issues was to create a situation uh, in which that the U.S. would be able to win two wars simultaneously, at the same time win two wars. But more recently, uh, the, uh, this strategy changed, shifted uh, to another one of winning one war while not being defeated in the another war. And now we see Blinken say, uh, actually Blinken says, saying that the U.S. is ready to fight Russia, China, and by, and Iran at the same time. You want to fight everybody or what? Yes. Is this serious? This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The loser is going to be the United States public. Yes. The United States taxpayer is going to end up in war getting their kids killed. This is not funny. It's not a joke. It's quite serious. And they're playing games with fire. And it's ridiculous. Yes. Um, it's upsetting to me as a person, as a, a person who's pro-humanity. By the way, I, I wear this kofia, this Palestinian in protest uh, uh, of the killings. The over 7,000 kids, excuse me, 7,000 people have already been killed in Gaza already. 3,000 children have been murdered, over 750 families. Okay. And in Israel, we've lost 1,500 citizens as well. So this is, nobody wins this game. This is not a game. For, this is not a, a game of risk with, for children, you know? This is the real thing, right? Yes. The devastation is serious, it's real, and it could end up exploding in our faces uh, because we're expecting a, a U.S. invasion. Netanyahu already said this morning that he's still talking about invasion, okay? Now, if that happens, you're going to have 100,000 Palestinians killed, 200,000. Now, th they definitely, these lunatics have calculated that they want to push the Gazans out of the Strip they want other countries to take them. And other countries are saying no. So we're going to be stuck in a situation where we're going to end up watching a modern-day genocide on YouTube. The South Americans in Brazil are going to be watching YouTube and going, wow, isn't that great? Look, all these people are getting killed. Now, you know about this because South America had the Spanish come in the 1500s and eradicate the natives of South America as well, at least as many as they could, right? So that's why I'm asking you this question. How does South America see this whole thing? And does South America have any power whatsoever to affect this at all? Or just innocent bystanders watching this genocide happen? What say you, Lucas? South America is not uh, un united in anything. Uh, uh, we don't have unity in most of American countries as we would like to, to have. And now we have, for example, Lula uh, trying to to maintain his position as I ex explained it before. And on the other hand, we have the Colombian president acting uh, very correctly in expelling uh, Israeli diplomats after the bombing of the Gaza hospital. And we have also in Argentina uh, a very bad situation when one candidate can, uh, uh, can be that, that could be the uh, next uh, Argentinian president ne next year, uh, Javier Milei. 
promising to cut ties with Brazil, to uh, cut ties with China, and, and support Israel, and so on. So we have uh, a, a very uh, different situation in one country to another, and we don't have unity. But in, in South America, we have a big problem with uh, American uh, interventionism you know, along our history. Now we have Brazilian uh, armed forces receiving um, uh, hundreds of um, American troops to military exercising exercises that are happening now in the Amazon rainforest, and at the same time, uh, big uh, number of troops in our neighboring countries, such as Peru and, and Colombia, and so uh, I think that. There's a, a, a big fear on the part of many geopolitical analysts and that uh, our politicians are not still uh, yet aware about, about this, which is when the United States loses, uh, uh, loses power in other regions, in other continents, the uh, tendency is for the U.S. to pay more attention on its... Uh, on its Kindergarten, South America and Central America. So we see now a situation of geopolitical transition towards multipolarity, where we could be a pole of this multipolarity. We could be a block, we could be a, a center of power, but we are not is, uh, united to achieve this common goal. And there are some countries here which are cooperation with the United States, cooperation with Israel and uh, other countries which are trying to stop this process, such as Venezuela with uh, its Bolivarian resistance, and countries which are absolutely confused and, and have no geopolitical stance, such as Brazil. And I think that South America is losing its time to achieve the goal of being a, a, a block in the coming, upcoming multipolar order. So can, can you explain to me, because Brazil is part of BRICS, obviously BRICS is, the B is Brazil, right? Yes. I mean, that's the first letter in the BRICS. Can you explain to our VT listeners and readers around the world what actually BRICS is and how BRICS is going right now in the multipolar world that they're building uh, to oppose the United States empire? And I'm going to say the United States Israeli empire. That's exactly what it yes. is. So go ahead, Lucas, you tell me. Yes. Uh, when I think of BRICS, we need to uh, see that there are two Two bricks, two phases of bricks. The first one was a multilateral forum created at the suggestion of Goldman Sachs uh, specialists uh, to bring together countries which have had had the potential of becoming economic uh, powers, economic centers, but fully integrated in the U.S.-led global order. Or, uh, you know, that is, these countries had no intention of uh, contesting, of fighting against the unipolar world. They only had the intention of becoming economically power, multilaterally integrated. But uh, in recent years, the situation changed absolutely because Russia said no to the unipolar world. China said no to the unipolar world. India is ambiguous, it confuses you, but India has very uh, clear interest in saying that it has a, a, 
it cooperates with the West or cooperates with the US against China, but it has its own interests and will death into them. So some countries in BRICS said no to the unipolar world and all the ones uh, did not follow uh, these countries, such as Brazil. Uh, and now the, we, we have an absence of unity in BRICS, not a situation a bit similar to the one I described in uh, South America. But now the BRICS are expanding. We have now the possible try of Iran, of uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, which will come next year from January 1. The most uh, uh, uncertain situation is the one of Argentina, because if Milley enters, uh, uh, if he is elected, he said he will uh, stop this process. But if, well, uh, we have Ethiopia, we have uh, Egypt, the United Arab Emirates. So we have the BRICS expanding and uh, I understand Mexico is considering joining BRICS. Have you heard that before? Yes, but I I, I heard also the president of Mexico saying that it's not the time yet. I don't know which is the current the currently uh, the current situation. Yeah. But there are many people in Mexico demanding this. Yes, I think I think that Mexico Mexico is the number one trading partner with the United States right now because yes. China uh, when the United States rejected China. In the last year or two, uh, China actually came to Mexico and is investing billions of dollars in manufacturing plants right here in my backyard. I'm in Mexico right now, and they are making plants right now. And all the stuff they make, when they send them to the United States, um, it says made in Mexico. So the United States accepts them, but really it's made in China. But, I mean, okay, whatever you want to call it. That's the way they're uh, going around this rejection of China in the United States. So Mexico... Uh, is uh, for example, I bought uh, four brand new tires just now for my car, and I just bought them um, Chinese tires. Right? They said, "Do you want American tires?" I said, "How much?" They said, "One thousand two hundred dollars." I said, "How much are the Chinese tires?" I said, four hundred dollars." I go, "Is there any difference?" He goes, "Nope." I go, "I'll take the Chinese tires." We also have, for the first time in New Mexico, here down the street, there's a car dealer called Cherry C H I C H I R R E Y. I'm like, I've never seen that brand before. Where's that from? So I went to go ask. Well, it's a Chinese brand. I've never seen that before. So there's a lot. The Chinese are investing around the world while the United States is trying to kill people around the world with their military bases and F-15s and sending all the arms to Israel and sending them to Saudi Arabia and, and fleecing the U.S. taxpayers, who are innocent victims, by the way, of their what I consider the Zionist-occupied government of the United States because their Congress... And Biden can't even make a move without the approval of Israel and Zionism, where the U.S. taxpayer is funding this, and they're mostly unwitting. I, I want you to know that I don't hold uh, every American responsible for this. Most of them work their ass off, you know, two jobs, uh, 12 hours a day, seven days a week sometimes. I mean, they're hustling to pay the bills, and they have, a you know, inflation like everybody else around the world. And they don't know better. They watch their MSN and they think, oh, yeah, Hamas, terrorist. Oh, yeah, whatever the buzzword of the word is. Occupation, never heard about that. 9-11 is October 7th. You know, Oh, yeah, 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 that. You know, not understanding. And it's not their fault. They don't get enough time to invest like we do to look at the issues, deep diving in and saying, hey, what's going on here? They just can't do that. So the American public is really an unwitting uh, uh, conspirator of what's going on where the Chinese, which I'm not pro China, but 
they're investing in, in the Belt and uh, uh, what's it called? Belt and Roadway, I think it's called, where they're going around in every country in the world and saying, "We're not going to fight you. We're just going to bring you money and invest in your in your in your economies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." So there's two different approaches here, and I I personally, as an American citizen, I'm offended that the United States is taking their shitty ass approach. It's it stinks. It's shit. Okay, it's anti humanity. It hurts people. It's not good. What they're doing in the Middle East is a disgrace. It's grotesque. Okay. If Israel wants to defend Israel, I'm all for it, but not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing. They're not defending Israel. They're, they're ethnically cleansing the Palestinians and they're creating a Middle East for their oil for, for controlling all the resources. That's not good for the people. It might be good for the Saudi royal family. Yeah. Of course. If you go to Saudi royal family, they got, you know, Ferraris. Okay, well, who cares about them? What about the 350 million Arabs that get shit in Syria, in Iraq, and 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 all those people that live under those in Egypt? Or it's horrible there. I mean, their people are living in poverty. While these rich robber barons wearing, you know, their Saudi things on their head, going, you know, hey, look, I'm a Saudi Arabian. By the way, the black is Palestinian, the red is Saudi Arabian. Just so you know, this is not Saudi. But um, it, it's it's a grotesque hundred years of failure, Lucas. And it offends me as an American taxpayer. It offends me as a human being. It offends me as an ethnically cleansed Palestinian. I know you're a, you're a little Syrian blood in you somewhere from the past, maybe. So you have a connection to the Arab world. You're younger. You, you, you're a human being that you have a future. These old men don't have futures. You know, I, I want to see your world better, not the same old bullshit. If they don't end occupation, what are they going to do? Murder six million Palestinians for what? That's not going to solve anything. So I'm pissed off. Justin, what say you about this whole situation, what's going on in Gaza? I think, I think we need to maybe help some of the listeners of VT and the readers of VT understand a little about what Lucas touched on early in this interview and you just touched on now, Johnny. And that is this Gaza, Hamas, Palestine, Israel, this whole connection. And and over the years, right? So being an American, being uh, a Christian American, being raised and grown up in a United States that kind of just tells you what they want us to hear when you sit down and watch the evening news, right? Like all programmed. Um, and, and, and I was raised in a home with the out-of-box thinking um, dad, out-of-box thinking family. So whenever 2020 happened and you know i can go back in history and and uncover some of these other events that happened as well that uh got our minds thinking but when 2020 happened it really opened the eyes of a lot of people however now you've got russia and ukraine but america's only told what they want us to hear right and so let's touch on this good bad ugly indifferent of hamas gaza Hezbollah, where where Hamas stands, because if you talk to people in America, they go, oh, Hamas terrorists, because that's what we're told. However, when you talk to people um, who know maybe a little more, they say Hamas was elected as the government by the Palestinian people. If that's the case, why is Hamas terrorists? Are they just the military operation of uh, the Palestinian people? So there's a lot of questions and and I'm kind of that I'm kind of that person of who who is out here in America 
speaking the voice of the unknown for for the American people right here on VT Radio. So, um, you know, that's the perspective I'm bringing to this. And those are the answers that I would like the people who might be sitting here going, well, okay, so what is going on? Can you speak to that on Hamas? Why Hamas? Who are Hamas? Uh, were they put in by the people of the Palestinians and now they're considered terrorist? Are they not terrorists? Can you can you answer yeah, some of those I, questions? I'm going to answer that, okay, yeah. if you don't mind, Lucas. Yeah, uh, being pal- ethnically cleansed Palestinian myself, Hamas was elected in 2006 in response to the uh, terror acts of the Israelis, extreme terror acts, and so they went extreme on the other end. They forced extremity. Instead of Israel moderating, they went extreme and attacked again, and so the Palestinians got frustrated with the Palestinian Authority, which would have been uh, at the time, uh, I believe it was uh, Yasser Arafat. And so they elected Hamas as their leaders because Hamas was saying, hey, we'll give you food, we'll give you resources, we'll build your schools, we'll do this. Hamas has a military aspect to their group, but they also have social services. They also have a political wing. The Americans are lying about it. They're telling you they're terrorists. It's a lie. Okay, it's a it's the same way the Americans said to the American people, all those redskins, all those savages, those, those are animals. So let's go wipe out the Native Americans because they're animals. And so Americans went, yeah, get the cowboy. Let's go. Everybody go. Yeah. And they still say that you know? today. They still teach that. That the Native Americans are these skinheads who were out skinning the heads of the white people because because they're just savages and the yeah. white people didn't. Just, now, I now, mean, now Netanyahu's lying. I mean, he says that we they they beheaded babies. That was a lie. They said that they that that they didn't kill uh, uh, the Palestinian journalists. That was a lie. You know, this is a marketing machine. This is billions of dollars talking to the American public, lying to them. This is propaganda at its best. They have a spin machine so big that, that the Palestinians can't compete. They have nothing. They have rocks and they throw rocks and they burn tires and they do whatever they can. And they, 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 they were launching. They were making homemade uh, paragliders to launch into Israel. Come on, dude. That's not an F-15. This is ridiculous. This is not the balance. This is not balanced. This is ridiculous. So when you hear the word terrorist, it's a marketing tool. It's kind of like this. Uh, I'm going to show you something. Do I have a tissue or do I have a Kleenex? Well, some people call it Kleenex, right? This is Kleenex, right? No, it's not. It's a tissue. But a lot of people brand it as Kleenex. It's a marketing tool. Being when they label me anti-Semite, it's a marketing tool. I'm not. I'm a Semite. It's a. It's a lie. They're doing this on purpose because they have an agenda. That's why. And the American people are being fleeced and have been fleeced. It's been going on so long that they're. They don't know what. They don't even know they're being fleeced. They. They think it's normal. It's not normal, my friends. The world sees it. Lucas sees it from Brazil. The whole world sees this, but the United States people in general can't see it. Now, it's getting a little better. Some of the Americans are waking up and going, wait a second, what's going on? Like you're asking questions. Hey, what the hell is going on? And you're deep diving a little bit more and going, oh, wait, I didn't know about this. You know, Hamas, there would be no Hamas if there was no occupation. Simple as that. Okay, when Israel's pretending, right, this morning the Israeli idiot was over there at the UN screaming, going, October 7th, this is, how dare you people all against us? The whole world's against us. We're victims. We're, and, and uh, dude, what, what you, how come you're only talking about you? You've been talking only about you for 75 years. 
There's 6 million people under occupation, but they don't count because we're animals? The issue, he said we're animals. He said we're not only animals, we're savages. He used the word savages. That's the American term. So to answer your question, Hamas is a legitimate uh, group. I don't like them. I don't support their politics. You know, they're, they're, they're pro-Muslim only. I'm against that. But that's what happens in democracy. And, and, and they were elected, unfortunately, because as a response to the extremity of the Israel response to what they were doing in Gaza. That's why. That's what I wanted to ask. So it would be similar to it'd be similar to a militia here where I live, which there has been legitimate FBI raids of a local militia where I live in the in the past. And so it would that it would be similar to a militia coming together saying, Whoa, American government, whoa, state of Montana, we're gonna defend ourselves from you, which which let me tell you. There, there was some serious rhetoric going on in this area where I live in 2020 because people were feeling threatened that the American government was coming to take everything they had, uh, the way that this virus was presented upon us, the way that 2020 was presented upon us. Everything was shut down. Uh, economies crushed. People's livelihoods crushed. And so people armed together. So what you're saying is people armed together potentially maybe in a in a in a like what you just said johnny in a negative way but they did it in a way to try to protect those people from the israeli militia lucas how do you see it from the outside looking in lucas go ahead and tell it how do you see this whole issue from the outside i i i'd like to say that hamas as a National Liberation Movement has no choice other than to use techniques and concepts of asymmetric warfare. They have, they cannot win a war against the Israeli uh, occupation force because they are, uh, they have a, a structure of a state and Hamas does not. So Hamas uses uh, what it, it, it has now, which is the uh, possibility of engaging the world, engaging the whole world in a pro-Palestinian agenda. Now we see the, the world looking at Israel, looking at, uh, US, uh, attitudes, uh, something to condemn and something to disapprove. And this is a victory for the Palestinian resistance. So when Hamas attacks Israel and with uh, paragliders, with uh, homemade missiles and so on, uh, they are acting as a, as a militia. They cannot defeat the, uh, the IGF. But when the IGF attacks, killing uh, uh, thousands of innocent people, of civilians, children, uh, the world can see what is Israel, what Israel really is and can uh, contest the, the campaign to send money to, to Israel. No, look, uh, some, some days ago, the mainstream media uh, narrative was about the, the rave uh, Hamas supposedly attacked. And so came the, the narrative about the beheaded babies. And now, what is the narrative now? What uh, they can say now to uh, legitimate, uh, legitimize Israel's attacks? There is nothing to to be done. Uh, 
the U.S. will support Israel. I think it will because the U.S. is controlled by Zionist lobby. That, that's the only situation. There is no humanitarian uh, excuse to support Israel. And this, this is ethnic cleansing. Let, let, let me interject this. Guys, I'm a little older than you guys. I'm going to say something very important here. In 1983, I was vice president of the Arab Student Association at California State Fullerton University. And I told my fellow Palestinian students, I said, the Palestinians are fighting the wrong war. The war has already been lost. Why? Because the Zionists, uh, you know, the, the, the Zionist group that's, that's doing this, that's doing the occupation, is fighting it in the U.S. Congress. They are purchasing the United States Congress, both Democrats and Republicans. As you can see, every Democrat and Republican is basically for Israel, okay, and always will be. Um, and the Palestinians at the time in 1983 were trying to negotiate support from the Russians. I said, wrong, wrong. This is what's going to happen. This is 19, this is 40 years ago, guys. Okay. And I said to them, it's just a matter of time, but the Palestinians will be eliminated like the Native Americans in the United States. And they thought I was crazy. I said, I'm sorry, but you have to find a way to purchase the United States Congress. You have to compete with the Zionists. If you don't, the United States empire is going to run right over you. Now, fast forward 40 years. Netanyahu thinks this is the time right now to make the final solution. And I use the word final solution, which is the same word that Adolf Hitler and Goebbels and Himmler used to eradicate the German citizens uh, and the European citizens in the Holocaust. It's called the final solution. This is the final solution and we're witnessing it. Now, it's upsetting to me and the whole world, but unless we get the world to push back against the United States and Israel, what I call the axis of evil, then there's no chance. There is no way Hamas can defeat the IDF and the United States military. Zero. Okay? So so where are we looking at? If you look at the map from 1946 to now, you can look at Gaza and Palestine. It's disgusting. There's nothing left. There's six million people in prison. But the Americans want to insist that Hamas is a terrorist? Come on, man. We're one step away from being completely obliterated. Completely. And that's what Netanyahu is calculating. He wants all of them to leave and go to other countries. He wants... Other countries that take these refugees who are already refugees from, from their homes in actual Palestine. Gaza is not their home, by the way. 80% of the people from Gaza are not from Gaza. They're from Tel Aviv. They're from Yaffa. They're from Haifa. They're from other places that they got pushed out of in 1948, right? So they're refugees. They want to be refugees again. This is what's really going on, guys. It's ethnic cleansing in front of us. I thought this was over with. I thought in, in the 21st century, in globalization, it was over, but apparently it's not over. We still have colonization going on right in front of our eyes, and I say live on YouTube. I'd like to say that Brazil has 12 million Arabs living here, and, and that's, uh, my position is, has also some emotional ties. I'd say both as a Brazilian, because I think Brazil should have a very clear stance in, in defense of Palestine, uh, considering it. Uh, the situation of 12, 12 million people living here. I, I have my child as an Orthodox Christian because, you know, Israel bomb is my, uh, my church there. Israel bomb is an Orthodox, uh, not only an Orthodox church, but the, 
30 oldest church in the world. So that's how Israel treats Christians, because many people think of Palestinians as only Muslims, but there are Christians there. There, there is a, a nation community there. We're Christian right here. Yes. Greek Orthodox Melkite right here. Yes. Yes. So, uh, and, and the broad, as I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm one of the descendants of Syrians who came to Brazil, uh, escaping, uh, the Ottoman persecution. So, uh, I have my emotional challenges, but analyzing, uh, in a purely strategic point of view, I think that Israel is militarily winning the war, but, uh, politically, diplomatically, uh, it's losing. And that's the, one of the main objectives of Hamas as a national liberation movement, not a terrorist organization, when launched its, uh, Al-Aqsa operation. The objective was to expose to the world what Israel really is. It, uh, obviously Hamas was fairly aware of, about what Israel would do in reaction. And now, so that's really sad to, to see what's happening there, but it, it didn't uh, start now. Uh, Israel is, is, has been doing genocide for many decades. What's happening now is that the world is seeing this clearly. And despite the negative work of mainstream media, despite the negative work of uh, Zionist lobby, with uh, uh, alternative media, with the work we're doing here, at VT Radio and so and other alternative media, we can show people the reality of the Palestinian people, of the Palestinian uh, suffering, the genocide, apartheid that's occurring there. And this uh, may be an alternative to, uh, to gain support, gain uh, attention to the, the fight of the Palestinian people. And militarily, I think uh, the the thing. The thing Hamas wants most is IDF to enter Gaza. IDF knows that. That's why IDF is not entering. It's uh, attacking but on the ground, but not entering in, in a massive invasion because they can destroy the entire gas infrastructure. Hamas has underground tunnels to provoke a kind of Vietnam scenario for them. Um, uh, and, and I think if they invade uh, Gaza, Hezbollah will enter the, the conflict in the north, creating a new uh, a new flank. And so, you know, Israel is is very powerful. Israel has nuclear weapons. Israel is a, is a big state, but Israel uh, fears a war of attrition. Israel is a country of uh, people with uh, dual passports, uh, uh, that can be, uh, can evade, escape, and uh, that's not the situation of Hamas. It's not the situation of the Palestinian people. They are people that, uh, uh, who has no alternative. For them, it's fight or die. And when you, when you fight, uh, an entire people who has no choice order than fight or die, the situation is worse for you. And the IGF knows that, that the IGF is, is fearing that, and that's why they uh, bomb, uh, uh, bomb gas every day. And, but having these, these bombings will have a negative effect because if you'll see it, they are bombing, destroying infrastructure, destroying the city. And how will 
uh, they be able to enter using armored vehicles. Armored vehicles are not able to uh, make good combat situation in urban areas. Uh, let's imagine that urban area totally destroyed by bombs. They will have to enter with infantry. And I, and I make the question who is, uh, more, uh, able to, uh, to face the situation of long attrition. Hamas or the TikTok dancers, IGF soldiers. So that's it. I spoke to uh, a U.S. Uh, special forces that uh, fought the war in Iraq, and he said it's going to take five, minimum of five IDF soldiers for every one Palestinian to go infantry, and in. they're going to have to go door to door, and the Israelis are going to get massacred. This is what the Americans are saying. They're going to get massacred, and the reason is, is because the Palestinians know their own city. They know where to go. The Israelis Netanyahu, don't. Netanyahu, Netanyahu goes. left and right. Now, why I say this, Lucas, because I, I got to let you go because we're at the end of the conversation here. But here's the thing. Palestinians, are they love Israeli people. Believe me. We're friends. Okay? We're not enemies. It's a lie. It's a lie. I personally support Israeli children. There's no way we can kick six million Israelis out of Israel. That's not going to happen. The only thing that's going to happen is peace or nothing. That's it. So the Israeli children is what I speak for because I speak to children all the time and they don't have this animosity. They like, they're sick of it. They want to be friends. They want to go eat with each other. They want to go to restaurants with each other. If you have a different religion, fine. Muslim, Jew, Christian, who cares? Enjoy it. But they don't want to fight each other. It's these old, crusty adults with 20th century visions that are trying to give us this future that nobody wants. Nobody wants World War III, but they want it. And we need to put a stop to it. So I want to thank Justin for being on VT Radio today as an American citizen who loves his country, who wants to share the knowledge with his American citizens saying, hey, guys, let's get on the right side. Let's be superheroes again. Let's get on the right side of humanity for all humanity, not just for a few people. And for Lucas from Brazil, who, who loves the world and is speaking out in Brazil about uh, caring about what's going on around the world. Uh, I want to thank both of you guys for being on VT Radio, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Oh, by the way, if you love uh, uh, Freedom Video uh, freedom video and audio, uh, please support VT, get your VT cup. But more importantly, go to vtforeignpolicy.com and please join as a member, $8 a month. We're not mainstream media. We are not funded by any of that. Please, if you really believe in this, you know, send us $8 a month. It makes a huge difference. It allows us to produce the shows and get the word out. So again, Lucas, thank you very much for being your first time on VT Radio, my friend. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this presentation, hit the like button now. Also, share it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.